0: hi my name is andy billman and this is the believe in the land podcast a weekly look back at the week that was in cleveland sports the highs Ooh, guardians, clap, guardians clap. the lows i've been asked on this channel all the time when are you gonna panic panic buttons get been hit and everything in between i directed a film that came out in 2016 called believe land and we love our sports here in Cleveland, Ohio. Thank you, God! Check in for weekly podcasts and so much more. What the hell was that tonight? All in, all day, every day. Go Cleveland.
1: Believe in the land.
0: Welcome to Pit Pass Moto, the show that keeps you up to speed on the latest in motorcycling and brings the biggest names in motorcycle racing right to you. I'm PJ Doran, and this week on Pit Pass, we'll be talking to racer Alex Martin. Now, here's the latest in industry news. We went MotoGP racing in Valencia for the Valencia 2 round of the series racer... Franco Morbidelli for Yamaha. The satellite Yamaha team came out on top of Jack Miller. They battled all the way to the line. An incredibly fast Jack Miller pushed Morbidelli. There were multiple lead changes on the last lap. An incredible race. If you haven't seen it, go back and check it out. With Paul Aspargaro rounding out the podium. Big news of the day, though, was with his seventh-place finish. Johan Mir becomes the 2020 MotoGP World Champion. Congratulations, Johan Mir. It is the first time in 20 years that Suzuki has held the world title in their hands. Last time being Kenny Roberts Jr. in the year 2000 for Suzuki. It's a big deal. Congrats again to Suzuki, the riders, the team, the mechanics, everyone. It was a huge deal. And it was just a thrilling event to watch. Johan ran a very smart race. And now that he's got the title in his hands, I hope that we get to see more from him in the final round where he gets to show off a little bit as to his real speed potential. Other big news from the race. One, Valentino Rossi, the GOAT, finished in 12th. But he did finish, unlike his previous race. As we all know, he was bouncing back from a battle with COVID. COVID. So we were glad to see him finish the race. He and his teammate Vinales in 10th, not the best finishes for a couple of factory racers, but they both did finish, and we look forward to a better season for him next year. In the overall for the MotoGP Series, as mentioned, Joan Mir on 171 has clinched the title. Second and third place are absolutely still in question with Franco Mor- Morbidelli sitting on 142 with his win. And then Rins... Mr. Mears' teammate on 138 in a strong third place, challenging for that second place position. Maverick Vinales sitting on 127. Fabio Cortoraro, who unceremoniously. crashed out of this most recent race still in with a shout on 125 as is andrea dovizioso on 125 andrea of course announced this week he is not signing any contracts with any teams until the right deal comes along so he is currently an open card he is waiting to talk to the right team about his future we hope to see more of him racing he's still incredibly fast and by no means over the hill This week's Pit Pass trivia question is, name any brothers that have competed in AMA National Motocross at the same time. That's the crucial component, at the same time. We'll be back with that answer after we talk to Alex Martin. Welcome back to Pit Pass Super Fast Racer, Alex Martin. How's it going today, Alex? Thanks for joining us on Pit Pass.
1: I'm doing pretty well. Thanks for having me on, fellas. We've got some,
0: well, exciting news, I would say. Exciting news about the future, what's going on in your world. You've had what arguably is one of your best seasons, right? Does it feel that way to you?
1: not quite i guess i mean yeah it was cool this year with jgr we won a moto you know by like a minute <laughs> so you know mud race but um got a couple podiums and fast qualifier and we were we were up front fighting you know um if it hadn't been for a little injury i had paula with uh broken my fibula in the second practice um was you know looking to finish third in the series so all in all it was a good year you know we I feel like we did a lot with the the JGR Suzuki this year, like just the engine, Dean Baker with the engine. He was able to get some good horsepower out of that thing. And, you know, it was exciting. It was fun. And, you know, obviously the news came out last week with JGR folding. So pretty big bummer. Um, And, you know, I had honestly kind of just been not sitting on my butt, but not necessarily pursuing other teams or, or I guess, yeah, riding for other teams, just because I kind of thought JGR would, you know, genuinely figure it out and come around. Ultimately, the press release came out last week that JJ was closing shop, so it kind of forced me to start, you know, making phone calls or whatever. So I got some stuff in the work for works for next year. Can't really say anything yet, but it's looking like I'm probably going to be on a blue bike, and uh, I'm pretty excited about it. Does it look like you're going to be
0: starting the supercross season as well, or are we talking outdoor only? I mean, is there any part of it, I guess, that you can talk about?
1: No, I'm definitely planning on the normal schedule you know cross and outdoors next year so that'll be
0: good gotcha and, and have not yet been put in the position that we certainly have seen racers i gotta if i want to race i gotta get out there and show people you've got people talking to you you're that guy who the world wants to see you race alex quite honestly and uh i'm glad to hear things are coming together it, it's pretty positive at this point then yeah
1: no i mean i was honestly kind of a it's pretty cool, kind of humbling last week with JJR folding. I had quite a few teams reach out to me. Not necessarily like the factory spots uh with those are guys are kind of full, but there was a lot of teams that still were good in their own right that reached out to me just making sure, you know, I was covered and and all that. And even like with Tucker Rocky and the answer guys they're, they're willing to support me and, and help me go racing. And it's cool that I feel like in this point of my career, I've kind of built a brand and, you know, have um, a following to where people are, you know, there to support me.
0: And your results are one of the many reasons that that happens, Alex. I mean, you're, you're finding this out, but you're an immensely talented uh, racer with a, a- a great brand, not just a brand, a great brand. Clearly, as you said, people are reaching out to you. That's great news. Has that changed your day-to-day in any way? Are you It's business as usual from the I've got to go train, I've got to go ride perspective.
1: Yeah. I actually ended up having surgery on my uh, leg probably about a week and a half after Paula. So still coming back from that, doing some rehab and stuff, but hoping to be back on the bike by the end of November. So I ended up getting a plate and eight screws in there and more or less pretty quick, turnaround recovery time but to be honest with covid this year and everything like especially in march you know i didn't really take much time off training you know because we just didn't really know what the supercross series the end of that was going to look like so i i took like maybe a week off but other than that we were pretty much grinding the whole time just trying to stay fit and have that fitness just in case we got the green light so honestly by the time the outdoors were done on october 10th i was like yeah, I'm going on vacation for a while.
0: <laughs> um, well deserved.
1: Wasn't planned on riding till the end of October, uh, November, anyways, and then with the injury, I was kind of forced into it. So,
0: how is your recovery from said surgery going?
1: Yeah, really good. I've kind of taken it head on with like just trying to recover as fast as possible and stuff. So, pretty happy with the progress we've made so far. It's been, I think, it'll be four weeks, maybe this Wednesday. So, yeah, definitely ahead of the head of schedule, and should be back on the bike soon.
0: So what's your training look like? Are you still training with your brother at all? Or have you guys geographically split? Are you still close together?
1: Not so much. I did get a chance to train with him for a couple of weeks this summer in July. I went back to Minnesota and did a local race at home. Because at that point, we were like, well, you know, we might not even get to go race out to So I'm like, at least I can go home to Millville and race a local race and try and beat little bro, <laughs> you know. But no, we, yeah, he's, he's in California right now. He's kind of spending a little time in Cortez as well with Eli. but. For the most part, I'm here in Florida, kind of doing my own thing. John Wesley writes all my riding and training programs, gym programs. So work a lot with him. But other than that, yeah, just obviously Florida. So where I'm at here in Claremont, Orlando, there's, the you know, Baker's Factories nearby, but Moto Sandbox, Ratray has a new facility. Baggetts is here, M83, whereas some of the guys like Dean Wilson and Jason Anderson ride. So there's quite a few options for facilities to ride and train at. So that, it makes it a good location to train at.
0: Yeah, that's impressive. that That area clearly is where it, the weather allows you guys to work your round, and the the topography, the 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 soil. There's a lot of reasons that uh, guys like yourself focus uh, their training efforts, and and then their home base is there, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, for sure. I, I mean, there's probably at least over a dozen, fifteen, pretty high level guys, you know, that that live and train in this area. So it's kind of kind of unique, you know, in that sense. It's kind of almost like a little mini SoCal. Because that's, you know, the last 10, 20 years, that's where most of the people have trained is in SoCal, but you're kind of seeing a shift of more riders and facilities popping up on the East Coast. So kind of nice, a little less traffic and slower paced lifestyle.
0: Yeah, that's got to be nice. Is it easier from a real estate perspective? Because reality is... The facilities you're describing and talking about they're not on small pieces of ground they're they're substantially larger than what most of americans would call yeah that's our we got a house and a spread it's on it, you're talking a bigger deal is that you know that's an angle that uh i assume racers are probably uh tuned into a little better than than your average joe unless they're a realtor
1: my wife and i we bought a house here three years ago in claremont so uh, i mean it's definitely an understatement real estate's way cheaper than california you know no state income tax that doesn't hurt either so yeah there's definitely some pros to living in florida with the weather and, and all that Um i mean winters are honestly beautiful here Where in contrast you yeah, have minnesota it's like 10 below sometimes uh, <laughs> so
0: i'm right down the road in iowa and uh it's it hasn't hit us yet the full effect but it's coming yeah well, the only, it. yeah absolutely the only thing uh we don't get, at least not in full effect, that it looks like there's one developing right now is those pesky hurricanes that are somewhat common to your area of the country.
1: Yep, no, far too common.
0: (laughs) Yep, it looks like there's one forming up, I hope, for your sake, that doesn't uh, develop into a real bad deal. What are you most looking forward to about the new year? I mean, is there any one part of the new year other than the probably common hope that we all have that we're not still dealing with COVID?
1: I think we'd all like to think that, you know, come 2021, all this stuff just is forgotten. <laughs> I mean, in a perfect world, that'd be great. Just turn the clock and it start over. But um, I mean, yeah, with cases kind of climbing and stuff, it's just like, oh, man, I don't know. I hope this doesn't impact next year. You know, we do have a super cross schedule, but as we've seen this year, that theme is kind of, it's, it's almost more shaky and fragile than we ever thought possible. You know, having said that, I'm excited about the new team and the the new I guess sponsors that are supporting me, and I got some good people in my corner and really grateful and thankful for that. And the YouTube thing has been fun this year, you know, keep growing the brand, doing some training videos, and, you know, it's been fun interacting with the sponsors on that level and just kind of keep, you know, keep racing. Definitely looking to win some races. You know, I feel like I'm kind of in my prime. I mean, I just turned 31 a few weeks back, but I, you know, I feel like I'm as fit as I've ever been and, you know, still motivated to go for wins and podiums, and, you know, definitely looking to do that next year, just kicking some butt, showing those young kids what's up.
0: <laughs> so after uh, your recovery becomes what you would call complete, do you go take local gate drops, get to do some local racing, be it off-road or moto, or is that taboo in your world?
1: Yeah, I mean, for us mostly, you know, training just consists of uh, pretty much like boot camp. I mean, when I start riding here November 30th, December 1st, I mean, it's going to be boot camp, you know, for a good four to five weeks. And that's four days a week riding by looking at 14 to 16 hours a week of training, whether it's cycling, running, gym, skier, rowing. So, I mean, it's, you're pretty much all in. So our weeks are typically built up around like Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, riding and training. And then the weekends are kind of more like your recovery. So you can kind of attack the week. So it's a fairly scheduled program so it's hard to fit like the local races in there especially with supercross you know they don't have much for local supercross races so for us there's and also me going to a new bike like i'm definitely going to have to spend some time testing and and just making sure that the bike set up how i want it
0: well that is exciting at least and you clearly are the man for uh whatever the challenge that presents changing bikes changing teams this is part of the business that you're in and you seem to be really, really good at it. What was your favorite? What would you say was your favorite race? Did you have a favorite race this year? Was it the or that you killed it in?
1: Yeah, for sure. That's that's nominated as favorite race. Um, you know, when you're, you know, whole shotted and led, led the whole time. And like even, you know, I ended up winning by a minute, which is just to me mind blowing. But I mean, that's, you know, it, mud races, that stuff can happen. I remember just thinking little bro was behind me in second. And, um, I I thought he was close to me with two laps to go, you know, so like I dropped the hammer, (laughs) come to find out it was just like a lapper or something, but it was pretty cool. You know, I hadn't won a race since I think 2017, I'm in 2018, my last year with KTM, TLD KTM. I mean, there was a few races where I was really close to getting a moto win. You know, I think back to Muddy Creek, I led the whole moto, swapped out, and then I crashed and Fran got around me for the moto win. And then like Southwick 2018, I was in second behind Forkner, and I tried to make a pass on him, and we both went down with like two laps to go. So to finally get a moto win after a few years, that was pretty special, especially with the JGR Suzuki guys.
0: Yeah, you've had, uh, you and the team had a great run, and we just can't wait to see what else uh, the future holds for you, Alex. I think uh, a moto win is going to be the tip of the iceberg. It, it feels like you've been building for some time. And we're yeah, I imagine it's more palpable for you than anyone. The sense of expectation of what's what can be next. I really think uh, we really have always thought, Tony and I talk about you regularly, that you're the guy who's ready to absolutely explode into your own. And... And we really hope uh, that that's exactly what happens for you in this coming season. Is there anybody as we're wrapping up and running out of time, Alex, that you want to say thank you to that you haven't already mentioned yet?
1: Yeah. Big thanks to, I mean, obviously the JGR crew, you know, last two years, that was uh it was a pleasure and it was, it was really fun to be a part of that crew and, and go racing with those guys. And now the people, I can't really thank the people that are going to help me next year because it's not uh, public knowledge yet. But you know, big thanks to John Wesling, my trainer, Briar Perry. He's at uh, 180 decals. He's done a huge job of just getting, whether it's the troll train merchandise or the YouTube stuff. I mean, he's been a huge part of that. So it's pretty cool that I have good people around me. And you know, looking forward to next year. Well,
0: thank you again, Alex, for joining us. We look forward to seeing you on track. Can't wait to see what the the new team looks like, and we'll have to have you back when you get your first win so we can talk about them and look forward to seeing your, your results this coming season. Thank
1: you again. All right. Thank you. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me on.
0: Thanks again to our guest, Alex Martin. This week's Pit Pass trivia question again was, name any brothers that have competed in AMA National Motocross at the same time. And the answer is, we'll start with the guy we just talked to, Alex and Jeremy Martin. That's one pair of brothers, James and Malcolm Stewart. There's another pair of brothers. Hunter and Jet Lawrence, another pair of brothers. And Jeff and Mike Alessi. That's quite a few brothers that have competed at the same time. And some of those battles, when they got to race against each other, were some of the best we've seen. It's always interesting. In road racing, it happens too. And maybe that'll be a trivia question for the future. We can do the road racing equivalent. But all those guys are great, including Alex and Jeremy Martin, who are both racing and incredibly fast in upcoming news we've got one more round of the moto gp series we're going to portugal for the final round and although the title has been decided there's a lot to fight for second through seventh place arguably completely in play there are some favorites but only time will tell and i look forward to the final race of the season and then we can start talking about next year Thank you again to Alex Martin for being with us today. And thank you for tuning in. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure to subscribe to us on your favorite podcast app where you'll get alerts when new episodes are uploaded. If you have a moment, please rate and review us as well. We really appreciate it. Make sure you're also following us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and pitpassmoto.com where you can check out our all new blog. This has been a production of Evergreen Podcast. A special thank you to Tommy Boy Haverson. Chris Bishop, producer, Leah Longbreak, and audio engineer, Eric Colt. Now I'm PJ and we'll see you next week. Have a great weekend.
1: The Hammerdown Racing Report, available weekly on your favorite podcasting platform.